All right, welcome to the Strange Currencies Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Glenn. Heyo, Matt. Heyo, Glenn. How's it going? <laughs> Sorry, I pretty, stole your catchphrase there. Pretty good. We I talked like about it. it a little bit last time. Uh, I, I, I feel like people will understand that a little more and maybe not be so quick to, to criticize. Uh, whatever. Hey, I appreciate that you actually came through and um, provided some beverages this time. Hey, I did. I did. What are we drinking here? Uh, that's um, a good question. What are we drinking? It's the Freem IPA, right? Freem. I wasn't Freem sure how to IPA. pronounce okay. it. Uh, Freem IPA. It's good. Ooh, ooh it's that's, good. A, that's a third voice there. What is that, that that I hear? That is a third voice. I didn't know if I was allowed to talk yet. Yeah. But I, I chimed <laughs> hey, in. Hey, hey. He's right. back. He is back. A resident. By popular demand? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Well, so, so okay, as, as we always do, we're going to start off with corrections and controversies. Well, well we, ha- we haven't even introduced our third voice, Tim. T- Tim welcome back. Tim is back. Hi. Welcome yeah. back, Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim, <laughs> Tim joined us a couple episodes back as our resident uh, mm-hmm. um, British invasion yeah. um, expert. What are you an correct. expert on this time? Um, this time I'm an expert on the album I brought. Okay. I actually did a lot of research on it and I brought visual aids for Ooh, our okay. uh, radio visual audience. Aids. Visual aid expert. Yes. All right. Well, cool. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do like three <laughs> album reviews in one. Basically. Like, kind of four actually. Yeah. Four? Yeah. Well, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah, we have to talk about that other one. <laughs> um, so anyway, we are um, really quickly, you know, as we tend to start these episodes off, we're going to talk about some controversies. Well, Corrections and controversies. Uh-oh. We never officially said controversies, but I think I that becomes part of the intro. Like, I don't like this. From I don't like this because Matt, you always like keep these hush hush from me. <laughs> so I, yeah, I get I get surprised by these. I what did I screw uh, up I this time? Um, so actually, a correction that I was anticipating you might have brought up from our last episode. So our last episode, uh, which actually drops this afternoon. Oh, okay. I'm uh, right. looking forward to that. Uh, oh, we have to do a listener's update, too. Yeah. yeah well, we okay, so wait, 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 come on, 96, what happened? So, so yeah, <laughs> our last episode up? was 1996. Uh, we went back to Glenn's high school for his reunion. 25th uh, mm-hmm. reunion. And the last thing that we did on that episode was we made a, a mixtape. Yep. Which isn't really a tape. Uh, we're not going to well, it's a playlist. It's, out, a, it, well, that it's was a playlist the, the that we, we've called a mixtape. And um, we had um, some rules. We did, and I, I had a problem because I wanted to include I wanted to include a remix version of one of my songs, but it would have put it it would have put it over time. So I didn't. I I, I refrained from that. And, um, and that alludes I, to what I wanted to get to. Actually, I kept within my forty five minutes uh-huh. on yeah. my Maxell, uh, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Long play cassette, and dub. I did not. There were six. <gasps> How long uh, was yours? So, so we specifically no. said, "Hold on, just listen." <laughs> All right, they made sixty minute tapes. So, well, but we had specifically okay. said we it's were going to do a maximum forty five, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, forty five so on each side. One yeah. thing I didn't tell Glenn about this is anybody who knew, anybody who was working with with mixtapes back in the nineties. <laughs> Knew that a 45-minute tape didn't have 45 minutes on a side. There was always a little bit more. Mm. My playlist... Well, (laughs) my playlist that I picked, 10 songs, were 46 minutes and 55 seconds. So I I went to the Googles. No. I I went to the Googles. I typed this all into the Googles. The average length of a side on a Maxell 45-minute tape was 47 minutes. Minutes. No, uh uh-uh. uh. So I made it by five. No, five I think seconds. Electrolyte needs to cut off. Uh uh-uh. uh. I think no. you need to cut that off, no. and I think people in their voting need to take that into account. Nope. 
Absolutely not. Forty-seven, on... forty-seven minutes was the average yeah. usable you're, usable you're... length on a single side of a Maxell ninety-minute tape. It depends on how how uh, you know stringently you're sticking to like real analog rules. This is nineteen ninety-six. Yeah, this is we have to you have to buy in and dive into the experiment if you're going to do it. Well, and then his, I mean, uh, the forty-seven minute thing. Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah. more real world. All right. Well, hey, right. our our. Absolutely. <laughs> Our well-informed, judicious listeners will take that into account. Yeah. And, and your I, side literally has a gin blossom song. It, it does, so. and which you one? know what? Hey, which I, one? Mine was authenticity. I was going for 1996. Oh. I was being true to the time. Uh, Matt's reads, Matt's or listens like a uh, like an indie rock. Um, gotcha, gotcha. You know, I, stop. I, I know what you're saying. Whoa, I had some. Hold on. Wait, I had you, some you put stuff in there, on, which you said you didn't know anything about in 1996. Oh well, See, you, you put pavement on there, which I know you weren't listening mm-hmm. to I know, until just a but few years I, ago. That's what I'm saying. Nice. I'm, I went with authenticity. Which gin blossom song? <laughs> It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Was it Allison Road or was it Hey Jealousy? No, no see, it was he neither went off of the those. Second album because that's oh. ninety two. Oh, I went with okay, Follow okay. You Down, yeah. and I, I I I did I did a live version. You knew the, the year the that. <laughs> Sorry, we, we we had to research this. <laughs> okay. I did a live performance to bring you in to nineteen ninety six. Like to take you in, like you were at a concert, or a live recording of the a Jim live Blossoms. recording of the Jim Blossoms doing. So, like mine, it brings mm. you into this experience. Yeah. It grabs you with cake. It it it, it dials you Which in. Cake song. Uh, uh, going the distance. Mm. Uh, yeah. Hey, I had to. <laughs> I saw the look on his face. Like, yep. Way too easy. Way too. I needed the vibra slap. I okay. needed the. That could have been any song. Was, I needed to That's establish. I, Daria, I, I needed to establish the, the 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 race that we were about to embark on back to 1996. Okay, thematic. And then we had then we had a live um, track, Jim Blossoms, to bring us back in. And then we what made our way through live. No, were they around in '96. No, no, no they were they were definitely around, but they didn't put okay. it out. They, did, they didn't make it out. So you just wait. Till the, we hey, get there to was a method anyway. to my madness. I should, have, <laughs> I should have listened to this episode. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it, it hasn't dropped yet. Oh, okay, cool. Now, now on that note, um, we addressed a controversy or a correction last time that is a lingering controversy. Mm. Yeah. In that episode, and you do need to listen to that episode, Tim, because that's the one that aired right after your episode. Okay. Your first oh, okay. appearance on this yeah. podcast. What was the controversy in that? There was a real controversy. You made there. a was you it made the a, kink controversy? a bodacious you, claim. No, you did something oh, very I problematic. Stand by it. No, mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Oh, really? So we were discussing. Yeah, this was the correction of all <laughs> corrections. Okay, and we apologized to our listeners last time. So here's the thing: we were referring to you, and mm-hmm. in the first reference in this correction, I had said. Love Tim, great guy. Within <laughs> within like seven or eight seconds, you were downgraded from love Tim, great guy Palatable. to to acceptable in small doses. <laughs> oh man! Yes, and here is the egregious sin that you committed. Okay. First off, you said our podcast was too long. Then I stand by it. Then you went way too far mm-hmm. and said that the best podcast right now is something called Dead Eyes. I stand by it. No, no, that we we that's something that we could fact check. Yep. Sorry, How do you Tim. Fact check best. Mm-hmm. Glenn, we we <laughs> fact checked it, and uh, what is what's the answer, Matt? The best podcast right now is a Strange Currencies 
music podcast. Oh. See, you totally you botched that. Son one. of a bitch. I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tim's. How many listeners do we have now? Eight and a half minutes by Tim. I'll be the villain. How many how many listeners do we have now, Matt, that, that can definitively Oh, yeah, we have been doing a, a listeners update. Uh, so I don't even remember what we had last time. It was one something or other. See, listen to that. How do you feel now, Tim? One you mean blasting like on our one five our listenership. We uh, have a lot of listeners. We are at 226. Ooh, nice. Back off, Tim. I'll, I'll fight them all. <laughs> and, and Strange Currency's followers right now Uh-oh. on Facebook. Uh-oh. 492. Ooh. Stop listening to this podcast, 492. Hey. Sheeple. Sheeple. Just dear. kidding. I like the podcast. Right, I do. Whatever. Dead Eyes is really good, though. Uh, well, uh, it's not the best. <laughs> Are they paying us royalties? Uh, do we get any advertised dollars? Maybe. Well, well, you know, Wait. we do. We also addressed that last time. You know, we put out oh, yeah. a pretty good... Um, we put out a pretty good product, a good product placement yeah. drop. Last time, yeah. I, I know I was repping the oh. Bear Republic. Yeah, uh, and well, Cascade Lakes. Hey, yeah. Freem, maybe Freem will give us a little... Maybe. They're local. Yeah, right. We're yeah. there, uh, Hood River, I think. Yeah, but local. Close enough. You can get there within an hour. Yeah. Right? yeah. All right. So, uh, well, Freem, hey, you know, yeah. we're giving you free advertisement. This is a good beer. <laughs> we're a good podcast. I mm-hmm. think uh, our people should be contacted yeah, by your interests. people. And we yeah. pronounce it correctly. Freem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The P is silent. Yeah. <laughs> That's their slogan, I think. <laughs> Freem. <laughs> It is a Speaking of, okay, it is a when's our next break? Because I kind of got to... <laughs> the um. P is not going to be silent. <laughs> oh, hey oh. oh. All right, well, I think... Do we want to set up what this episode is about before, yeah, we we, have before to. our break? We have to. Uh-huh. We have to set and it up. And we've only been talking for 10 minutes. We need to we need I know to that establish. might rub Tim the wrong way, but, you know. <laughs> you know, this episode, I think I'm... I mean, I, who knows if I'll end up listening to it, but I, I'm okay with it being like... Two and a half hours long. Oh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that long. Uh, okay. 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 No, no, no. Uh, so on this episode, uh, we got a lot of flack. We did. We got a lot of pushback, like mm-hmm. angry mm-hmm. hate mail. I, I, is it I going too far to call it hate? It. I think you can classify it as hate mail. Sure. In our Rolling Stone Top 500 um, mm-hmm. podcasts. Which uh, we really only tackled the top 10. We, we really only looked at the top 10. There was one... Of those things that we felt was not like the other. There were Round, nine great albums and one non great album. Mm-hmm. And that one non great album is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. It is not a great Rumors. album. I, I, the, I will hmm. stand up for that statement. All right. And what we've decided to do in this episode of Strange Currencies podcast is take Rumors out of the canon and replace it with something else. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not going to tell you that you shouldn't listen to rumors, but we're and, just going to say if you like rumors, maybe there's some other stuff that you could listen to instead right. that might might scratch that same itch for yeah. you. And that's my that's my thing cuz I don't mind I don't loathe rumors as much as Matt does, but I get the understanding that maybe it should not be in the top 10 albums of all time. No. And perhaps there are other albums that should be considered before rumors. And I'm not going to say that any of the ones that we're talking about today belong in the top 10, not even close. Okay. But they're all albums that I think are better mm-hmm. than Rumors. And albums that I just, yeah, uh, that yeah, I think scratch that same and, and I think what we're going to do is I think we're going to defend 
the um, the hesitancy we have mm-hmm. towards accepting and embracing Fleetwood Mac's rumors. Yeah, it, it just should some, not be in that vaunted. There are know, some reasons. Of great there are some reasons. So we're going to defend it. We can't just bash it like you know, uh, sight unseen. We're going to talk about some yeah. of the reasons why. And some of the things that rumors does poorly that others do well. Um, hey, easy there. I have easy some. There. Uh, well, well, we're yeah. gonna do that in a minute. Let's go ahead and take our yeah. first break. Um, and, and, well, but beyond that, we're even going to offer three. We're gonna offer. We're gonna three, offer three, three albums replacements. That you, you, we think you we're might each like. presenting None of them one. Our replacements albums, but <laughs> no. But but hopefully Ooh. they will serve that purpose. Yes. For right. those itching for some Fleetwood Mac. Rumors. Now a word yeah. from Freem. <laughs> Freem. <laughs> yeah, it's just some more royalty-free music. We'll be back uh, to talk about rumors here in just a few minutes. Strange Currencies podcast, and today we are replacing rumors. Mm. It's our theme. Uh, Tim, you said you had some thoughts on the premise of this episode, so I'm going to mm-hmm. defer to you. I just this is skipping ahead, but I just want to set up what my choice was sort of based on, as far as like the interpretation, yeah, yeah, the interpretation of the premise of the episode. So I figure when we're talking about replacing an album from rock history, there's sort of two ways you can look at it. Either it's Thanos snapping his fingers with the Infinity Gauntlet on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Okay. Yeah. I thought I'm, I'm tracking with at you. At least one of I'm you tracking with is you, not going to know what yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. But basically what that would do is every physical copy of Rumors uh, turns to dust. Mm-hmm. Every digital mm-hmm. file yep. Yep. Uh, just Gone. stops existing. Mm-hmm. But people still remember Rumors. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're having to like magically, through the power of the Infinity Stones, replace... You know, okay. people who were fans of that album are now just automatically fans of whatever album we pick. I think that applies more to the like more anachronistic choices. Like I think your album's 90, 1999 sure. mm-hmm. and yours is two thousand five, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, whereas, Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> well, those are hints. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas my album came out in nineteen seventy five, which Correct. is only yeah. a couple years before Rumors. But I feel like my version of the premise is more like if you were a time traveler. And you went back in time and killed baby Fleetwood Mac. Oh, oh okay. All right. Maybe this is a controversial. Something many of us have thought about doing. Oh, <laughs> oh baby Fleetwood Mac would be like the Peter Green or their era parents of Fleetwood uh, Mac. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking about babies. Oh, uh, that, that, dark. that got dark. Yeah. Uh, well, this is like the we, baby Hitler our, thing. our nerd factor was high, <laughs> yeah. and then like darkness just went. Uh, I mean, okay. it's it's all just in reference to the baby. I need some more paradox after that. Um, right. right, I'm with you. But I mean, maybe you'd only have to kill baby Lindsay and baby uh, Stevie. Uh, but oh, okay. regardless, the point is that that rumors would never exist. And never my album, exist. okay, you know, in theory, if, if there's not too much of a butterfly effect, sure. my record would maybe just naturally fill that hole. Okay, so interesting. Yeah, so that's oh. kind of where my choice is coming from. And yes. I don't know if the finger snap so, thing is necessarily true for your choices, but that's just kind of how I see them. Like, it would have to be a magical... A yeah, magic I think mine is a finger snap, okay. and maybe we can look at yours mm-hmm. through the idea of... Time travel. Yeah, yeah. time travel. And okay. so so if so if instead of spinning Fleetwood Mac rumors 
all of those disc jockeys and yeah, all of like, that. Hey, this one looks good. Hey, yeah. we'll put this one on. Maybe okay. it just achieves the same status. All right. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And, and by the way, nobody at the Strange Currencies Music Podcast is uh, endorsing. Know, endorsing infanticide. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Except the villain of the podcast. No, no. Right, let's be totally honest here, all right? Now, it's been established already that I am not a fan of rumors, okay? Mm-hmm. Um I don't despise it probably quite as much as I have led on in, in previous. Po- I just hey, don't no backtracking get, here. You I just take your stand. I just don't. You're the get villain of the episode. I'm the villain of the podcast. Anybody would look at this record as as anything inner circle in the history of pop music. It's just sure. to me just so middle of the road, yeah. so no. just kind of sterile and bland that it has its moments that I actually I've I said in that previous podcast mm-hmm. I think Dreams is a great yeah, song yeah I think it's a, a really really good sounding mm-hmm. and, and and really kind of just again atmospheric hmm. track I'm gonna put it up in the background here just <laughs> I, I hear yeah, yeah, Tim saying hmm <laughs> it's the one in which you know like it's the ocean spray the ocean spray one, one yeah I think mean, it's a good song. It's got a little bit of atmosphere to it that I think a lot of I the do, rest of the record really kind of lacks. This is one. This is a song that when I played it in the car at a pretty high volume, I actually enjoyed more because of that bass line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of it's yeah, it's not bad. There's just something about that um, that uh, part of the vocal melody where it kind of goes up mm-hmm. that kind of bothers me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was not, not saying it's a masterpiece. It wasn't on a century <clears throat> song, but I think it's a decent song. Yes, I think, I mean, it's, I think it's better than decent. It's a good, it's a legit song. good song, yeah. Um, which is something that, even as I'm saying right now, I know I've got at least a few friends who are like, oh, you, you know, turncoat, you know. But mm-hmm. th- this is a pretty pretty okay song. Um, I, you know, Glenn and I, we, we discussed The Chain before. Oh, um, sorry. The, the Chain's all right. You know, uh, that, it, see, uh, this is interesting because I think you and me probably have similar, like really, like averse, sudden reactions to certain songs on the mm-hmm, record, but mm-hmm. maybe they're different songs. Because I, I literally just got a text from the like the person who I know is going to be so pissed off. <laughs> he just literally texted me, texted me right this second as soon as I said somebody's going to call mm-hmm. me a turncoat. Hi, Jack. How's it going? Um, anyway, <laughs> how can he be hearing this in real time? <laughs> yeah. go, go ahead, Tim. <laughs> well, so the chain is one that I have an immediate like pullback, cringy reaction to. I mm-hmm. hate that song. I think it's what fine. is it about it? What I, is? It's not so much like the first part. It's it's like it's really when it hits that downbeat and you know. I don't know. Well, okay. I mean, I guess if I could talk broadly about the whole record just for a minute. Uh, (laughs) No, no good. And this is all, I mean, my reaction, you guys, this came out, what, 77? Yeah. So what's that, like five years before I was born, something like that? Just a couple years before all of us were born. But still, we were sort of out of time Mm -hmm. uh, when reacting to the album. It's all in a different context. Sure. So I, I associate the record as being like just a bunch, a collection of songs that I didn't even realize were all by the same band mm-hmm. that were just on like yep. crappy radio. That it, yeah. like they're for, oh, what, what do my notes say? Um, they're for moms and dads who are lame. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ooh, totally. The song. Okay. Lame moms okay. and dads. Yeah. And for people who listen, who, who just like what they hear the most often. That I think is a big mm, part that of That is. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like you listen to the radio hoping to hear the songs. It's for that kind of person. Yeah. So, so you talk about that like visceral reaction to the chain, which I'm, I'm okay with the chain. Like I don't 
it doesn't make me ill that that song exists in the same way that some of the others do. Here's one for me, like right off the bat, very first song on the album, second hand news. Oh yeah, no, I uh, hate this. Song. I don't like this song because I like this song because I don't think I'd ever. <laughs> Weirdly, that I think. do my stuff. I don't think I. So stupid. How do you like this song, Tim? I knew we shouldn't have brought him back on the show. Listen, I think I don't think I'd ever heard this song before, and that's a big part of it. Okay. Because a lot of these songs, the reason I hate them is because I've just heard them so much, and you know they're earworms, and I just want them out of my head. This one I hadn't heard before, so like, hey, whatever, yeah. And weirdly, I think I reacted. It's just so hokey. It's like so dumb. But like, weirdly, I think the Lindsey Buckingham songs are the ones that I like. Okay. What? Yeah. See, that's the the Christine McVie song. I think it's past McVie. Those are the ones that I most violently react to. See, you make love and fun. Like, yeah, that that one's pretty bad. I don't even know who sings on "Oh Daddy." All I know is that the name of that song just automatically turns me off. Yeah. Um, I like I don't want to know and secondhand news okay no see see secondhand news is dumb um, I mean I, I'll totally agree but just the fact that I hadn't heard it before is like hey whatever it's kind of catchy and I think that this, this one to, to me don't about. stop is so dumb oh yeah so very lame. bland it, it's super bland and it's it's just so cheesy so cheesy. Yeah, I mean, most of these songs are. Yeah. See, that's the thing about these is I think what you're nailing is the, the hooks, that yeah. they are such earworms and yeah. that, that they've been bored into our mm-hmm. consciousness so much. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's what appeals yeah, to, to so many is that there is that sense of, okay, there's something to be said. And I think this is what we agree on. There's something to be said for the ability to write a good hook. Oh, yeah. And that's sure. that's impressive in its own. The fact that it gets that earworm. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that some of these are like, vapid. Yeah. vapid. Well, it's just the same. over and over. And, and I wish there was more substance to oh, it. Yeah. If there's going to be something stuck in my mm-hmm. ear, I, I, I want something that's going to have a little bit more. Sure. The same yeah, quality I mean, that makes them catchy and popular, the songs, makes them annoying. Yeah. Because, like... That same sort of it's thing. It's like gets a TV theme song. Exactly. Or like, a, like, like an 80s an sitcom, horrible. Here it is. Go your own way. That's totally is. Yeah. <laughs> oh. dreams. You know, I mean, it's like it's catchy. Perfect strangers, man. You can't yeah. go wrong with that. This but who wants to fucking like... listen to that? Like on their commute to work, right? Maybe some people would. <laughs> yeah. Bartokums. <laughs> uh, go your own way. Um, I do. I oh, do what was his catchphrase? Oh, wow. Don't do not be, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> what? Really? Uh, Balky yeah, yeah. Martakis. It was. It was. Oh, yeah. that? Okay. So go your own way. Um, I I actually do think it's a good song. Um, the way it's structured and it's got this like catchy chorus. The, the problem with this album, <laughs> the problem with it is that so all this most of the songs maybe all except like two or three are just like ready-made radio songs. Yeah. yeah. And is that a problem? Yeah. I mean, that's what in makes it case, popular. Because it just makes it seem it so is a calculated. Yeah. And that's what takes some of the the joy off of it and the, the authenticity and the rawness is it feels like it's a trying really hard to create this perfectly packaged, pristine mm-hmm. piece that's ready for the radio. Funny, though, because, like, if they were all as coked out as the legend, you know, as legend says, uh, I mean... I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes magic happens in those situations, but like, 
you'd think if they were all drugged out, they wouldn't be able to like put together worthwhile songs, but maybe it helped them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's the, the underlying theme that, that, that I, that, when we tackled this chore or this challenge of replacing rumors, I think the biggest thing that spoke to me was, um, yes, the hooks are incredible. The, like the songwriting's great. Um, the, 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 um, the, um, producing the production of it oh, yeah. is like clean and impressive and thorough and like, well, as I said before, it's easy for a, a production work to sound clean when there's no personality getting in there. Okay, so, and that, therein lies the problem, is that it, it is pretty thin. It is, it doesn't have heart. It doesn't have that yeah. um, that drive, and it's really more um, kind of that surface just belting out along, mm-hmm. singing along car- to karaoke. I was gonna well, say, it, it's it, a karaoke album. It, yeah. it is, but here's the thing that really bugs me, is if you read people's, you know, retrospective reviews of those really? of this record they talk so much about this alleged tension right that it was this coke fueled you know hedonistic <laughs> mm-hmm. 70s you know there was all these you know apparent like love triangles within the band right. and absolutely none of that tension exists in the right. music That's the music sterile. is just so sterile yeah. and so like personality free that mm-hmm. none of that Tension is there. Right? Now that it's doesn't just mean so cheesy, and that doesn't mean that these aren't well-produced songs. No, they're well-produced. Great, sure. good songwriting. Um, yeah, I, wouldn't, hooks. I wouldn't say great. There's well, hooks, and I mean, there's you know, hooks, and it's 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 poppy. And it's, <laughs> that, that's a hook. I mean, it doesn't mean it's any good. I love that. That's the theme song that jumped into your head. <laughs> it was just one of it. Does I would have maybe gone Golden of, Girls first, oh, yeah. but but yeah, no, yeah. Perfect Strangers is a good choice. Um, well, yeah, and I was gonna say one of my notes is like, who is this record for? And it's not for coked out people. Well, it's for lame it adults. It was by coked out mm. people. And it's for lame adults, exactly. Were they like living out their own coked out fantasies then by listening to this record? Is that I don't part know. of it? Or? Well, I was thinking. Boy, so, I sure wish I was, you know, oh, coked that's what out I was with Mick Fleetwood, you know, I think in it was made by coked out people for people on lewds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, like at a key party or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Because it, like it is, it's much more like chill, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like a... It smiles, it's it's, yeah. it's happy times. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah which okay. is really weird. All right, well, I think, I think, I don't want to talk about rumors anymore. Right. I really don't, but the one thing that I do want us to just really kind of clarify is, in order to do this exercise, you know, we were very intentional, we listened to this record, mm-hmm. I didn't want to, but I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, most of us heard half of these songs, at least, growing up on the radio, right? You couldn't avoid them. But um, what we had to do was sort of try to figure out why is it that this album and this music resonates with with people? What is it? And for me, the thing that really kind of stood out was, was something that was already mentioned. I think Tim brought up. People can sing along to these songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the thing that if you... If you are predisposed to wanting to turn on the radio and listen to FM radio at any point between yeah. 1977 and now, if you're turning on what, you know, classic rock radio, this is what you're expecting to hear because when it comes on, along. you can sing along mm-hmm. to the chorus, right? So I, I took that as kind of like my main thing that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what, what were the elements for you that you would say were at least most central to 
what you were looking for in your replacement record. I and, want, and we'll talk about this all a little bit more as right, we get right. into those albums. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I, I wanted something that was hooky, that was mm-hmm. like get stuck in my head, that is, has like depth to it, though. Um, that, that, that is, you know, uh, interesting that, that it has that melody, has good harmonies, has good production that is, you know, well mm-hmm. thought out and calculated, but that, uh, and that, that hooks. And my replacement is something that has depth and okay. substance to it. All right. I, Tim, I think, you were just going for the Coke, right? Uh, <laughs> well, again, this is my pick is an album. Actually, I'm not sure when, what year. 75, Elton John, I think. Well, but I'm not oh, sure. Oh, yeah, year. that's a spoiler right there. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I'm not sure what year the person who uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> is behind this record uh, sobered up. Um, probably later. But anyway, yeah, this is also a coked out album that doesn't sound like a coked out album. But what I was really thinking of uh, when I picked this one was that I just wanted to pick something from the same era that um, that was actually had good quality and depth, but was also likely to be enjoyed by lay moms and dads. Okay, fair enough. So yeah. we're going to hear Tim's pick first. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're going to take another quick break here. We'll be back uh, and hear what Tim says should replace rumors in the canon. free music oh, always sweet sweet we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do some plugs uh, before long yeah. on that but hey we're back on strange currencies music uh podcast this is glenn i'm matt and our guest i'm tim tim Hi. tim Hello. you're ready to present for us uh, we oh are God. going to replace rumors pressure is on i dude. haven't finished my powerpoint presentation uh, <laughs> come on tim get I'm your scared. shit together <laughs> let's go all right, so rumors needs okay. So if we are in this for this exercise, you are going to propose an alternative album for us, and yes. we are we are doing we're doing the baby Fleetwood, oh, <laughs> the yes. time traveling, time traveling oh, back. If we remove the Fleetwood Mac completely yes. from the the um, situation, the what would fill there? What would fill the void? Would you like to present the the, <laughs> sure. the void filler? So my my pick is we got a drum set over oh. there. You want to do a drum roll? Uh, no, no, it's no. too far away. Right. <laughs> uh, my pick is Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy by Elton John, the Captain mm. Elton John, and mm. the Kid Bernie Taupin. The Captain and the Kid. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like it. <clears throat> so the first thing I want to say about it is is in regards to this pick. Uh, well, in regards to a flaw in my selection. Okay. That I realized, like, well after Hey, don't I made, apologize. Don't apologize. It's not an apology. It's just a, it's an interesting observation. You know how when, like, a younger person, you hear a younger person, younger than you, talk about a movie or an album that came out before they were born, mm-hmm. but at a time when you were, like, a fully aware mm-hmm. human. Conscious, yeah. And it's like they have a completely distorted version of the reality around that thing. Sure. Like, it's just, they don't have the context Absolutely. And so, you know, it can be built up in their head or whatever, or just they have things wrong about it. Yeah. And I realized while uh, researching this record that I was that person. Okay. 
Because this came out, like I said, before I was born. Sure. Uh, actually, well, this is 75, so that's um, seven years before I was born. And I thought I was picking a record that was like totally underrated, underappreciated, underlistened to. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not the case. Well, Not the case. Let me just read you part of the Wikipedia. Um, right, right. <laughs> T- Tim always goes with the Wikipedia. <laughs> well, because I read this research, and uh, I was like, oh, damn. The album reached number one in its first week of release on the U.S. Billboard 200. Like before it even came out, yeah. Well, it was the first album ever to do that in within its first week. Within right. Its, wow. And what you're saying, what happened is it was certified gold two weeks before it came out wow. <laughs> because right. of pre-sales. Yeah. Right. And right. I, and and it sold 1.4 million copies within four days of release. Okay, wow. but in your defense, though, mm-hmm. uh, um, you're right. Though I think this album is underrated, even though at the time mm-hmm. it was it was hugely you know lauded and accepted. Well, and- its its critical reception wasn't quite so great, right? Like a lot of its sales were based on this was the follow up to Goodbye sure. Yellow Brick Road, right? Right. Uh, I think there might have been one in between. Okay, um, I'll have to look it up, but. Uh, Point is, he was coming, like, he was, like, really hot up until this point. He's a superstar at this point. He's, like, this is, like, their, what, eight? His eighth? Something like that. And here's the thing. Like, I thought this was, like, a little dip in his popularity. Hmm. But if you look at his uh, discography, it's more like the first record after his, like, hitmaker era. Mm -hmm. Like, the the albums that he, and he released a ton of albums after that. But, like, the if you look at the singles... I didn't recognize any of them. Right. Um, what was right before this was Caribou, which I'm not familiar with. That was 1974. Mm-hmm. Yellow Brick Road is 1973. Caribou singles, though, were The Bitch is Back and Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. So, yeah. Which is not the duet version. <laughs> but, uh, but like Honky Chateau, Tumbleweed, mm-hmm. the Goodbye Man, Man Across Road. the Water. Those were the those were already established. Yeah, Elton John is already a superstar. He's yeah. already he's already an icon. Yeah, that, that is weird because I'm looking at Rate Your Music, which you know we talk about a lot. We should probably get some. We should at least get free subscriptions <laughs> to Rate Your Music. But um, yeah, Caribou to me looks like the one that was the dip. Right, uh, its rating is is far lower than hmm. the two records so maybe, on either yeah, side. Maybe of that it. was the first one. But this one, I just I know based on doing a little bit of reading that he. Like, they weren't trying to have hits necessarily out of this album. This is like a right. very personal record. Right. This was Autobiographical. Their about their up and coming. This you know, is yeah. This is their, we do what we want now that right. we've earned. Mm-hmm. And so this is what, this is our art. This and, is yeah. our. Well, yeah. and like, just sort of like them venting about the recording industry. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the songs yep. are about like Skating. record executives mm-hmm. and, you know, and with sort of like metaphorical language, but... Mm-hmm. Just about being like used and like working under duress and things like that. See, okay, so this is the other, and I think maybe this is the reaction to rumors, mm-hmm. is where rumors is hit after hit after hit of yeah. these kind of bland process. This is a story. This is mm-hmm. like a concept. This is a very much, yeah. It's got it. There's there's heart behind it. There's like investment in it. Yeah, it's like it, a complimentary. Well, it came out before, but like it sort of complements rumors in the sense that yeah, rumors is like all hits, and this is all kind of like anti-hits almost. Yeah, uh, but so so what is it that mm-hmm. makes you think that this would fill that void? Well, <clears throat> really quickly, only just to talk about in sequence here. I, I've been doing a little bit of 
quick research on Rate Your Music, it looks like he put out his first Greatest Hits compilation in November of 74. Interesting. Captain Fantastic came out in May of 75. Uh-huh. So I know back at that time, there was like this huge, you know, compilations were these real career regenerating kind of uh, things. Okay. The Beach Boys, for instance, who mm-hmm. I know all three of us love, it put out Endless Summer. And so that like created this huge wave, no pun intended, mm-hmm. of re- renewed interest in the Beach Boys around the time. So I'm thinking maybe what happened here in terms of why Captain Fantastic has these huge sales numbers like pre-sale, right. you know, early pre-sale, stuff yeah. is probably because he okay. had seen a bit of a, you know, kind of a resurgence. I mean, that that first compilation was was a huge huge seller. Mm-hmm. Um really kind of bundled up and, and neatly packaged his first several records back together. So I think he might have been riding on a bit of a crest of, of that at the time. Yeah, Just to put definitely. a little bit more context behind okay. why right. we might have seen these huge huge uh, you mm-hmm. know, debut week numbers for sure. Captain Fantastic. Uh, I think you're right, and like that—that that makes sense because like, I f- the one single that came out of this album was um, "Someone Saved My Life Tonight," which is a really, really good, great song. But it's like six and a half minutes long. I don't imagine it got that much radio play. There was probably a radio edit, yeah, because I was thinking no. that too. Like that—that that to me is yeah. a standout track, but it also mm-hmm. doesn't. It, it's way too long for a, a mm-hmm. radio. But hit. there was not a radio edit. Oh, uh, there wasn't because oh. Elton John, uh, he like told the record label, like, no, you're not putting it out there in an edited form. It's too personal. It's a whole story. Good for him. Uh, yeah, so it was actually out there on the radio. I actually kind of feel like form. the last two minutes of that song are hey, <laughs> shut up. Not, not super necessary, but <laughs> good good for you, Elton. Uh, that's a surprisingly good karaoke song, um, oh. which kind of ties into the, the rumors thing. So, like, the whole thing with um, it replacing rumors is, like, if rumors was literally wiped out of the timeline, uh, maybe this would have had more, like... Uh, longevity because like it was popular when it came out it is well regarded but I feel like it sort of dropped off in the public consciousness maybe if rumors hadn't been there that wouldn't happen mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. rumors was this <laughs> vacuum of yes. soft rock that just sort of sucked everything <laughs> right. else up into its path for the next you know and somehow previous several years <laughs> yes well because this still existed when rumors came out anyway. sure sure but it's <laughs> Its record cycle would have long since passed by the time Rumors yeah, came out. But I'm going to allow you your okay, fan fiction okay. here. <laughs> but uh, also just mainly that uh, I wrote that it's pretty chill, um, like Rumors, and it is it is catchy. It just, it, it the songs operate in a different way. We should we should hear some. Yeah, some so what, just, what do you want to highlight? You Pick well, one for me. We've already talked about Someone Saved My Life. Just start tonight, with but. track one, because um, it's a good example of the slow build. So the, the first track is just called Captain Fantastic mm-hmm, and the yeah. Brown Dirt Cowboy. Um, okay, what? can I just interject something sure. here? This sounds like Jimmy Buffett to me. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that. It's got like that kind of. I didn't want to go there and say that. <laughs> I got a lot more respect for Elton John than I do for Jimmy Buffett. But yeah. Well, that that was my hesitation, and that's where mm-hmm. I wonder if if people discount, you know, because of that. And and I feel like there are elements mm-hmm. in this album mm-hmm. that are that have a very seventies feel to it. Oh yeah, like those vocals. There's his like vocals a, have that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it reverb? Is it uh, that great hall kind of like? Well, there is a lot of, um, like, the drum sound is kind of reverby. Um, I was going to say uh, 70s. Yeah, there's, like, a random sex song right in the middle with the, like, funky bass. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
so I get that. Um, I'm pulling it up on Spotify though, so I can see the track. Wait, I've got the paper version in my hand right oh, here. Oh, what do you know? Uh, I brought a visual aid for our radio audience. Um, mm-hmm. That's good. The actual part of your your presentation, your yes, PowerPoint, the final record. Yeah, uh, apparently with all you the thought inserts. this was a video podcast. Uh, uh, it's got very good, nice artwork by so, the same guy oh, wait, who did wait a, a Who cover. This, this almost sounds I'm, like I'm it's time something. for an episode of Sound and Vision. I think so. <laughs> If we're going to be talking about coked out 70s albums, we might as well hear a little bit from one of the great... Although he was he was in, you know, Detox when he made Low, I guess. I don't know. So, so this is our David <laughs> station Bowie... Station to sound- Station, maybe, is the great 70s cocaine album. <laughs> this, but, is uh, our, this is our segment on Strange Currency's music podcast where we uh, talk about sound and vision, and it's fitting for this album. And I think our, our, our listeners need to understand as well maybe your experience in discovering... Um, this album and and how that goes because I think the visual aesthetic which is our sound and vision segment here speaks a lot to this album and I and I think we need to address that especially in contrast with Mm -hmm. rumors artwork (laughs) yeah first off let's really quickly we've already done rumors when we did our Rolling Stone thing but Never let me down. Never let me down. Just, just to remind everybody, our, our scale here again, you know, use, using David Bowie's uh, work as a reference, the, the best score you can get is low. The worst <laughs> score you can get is never let me down. The the mid one where we're like, all right, it's fine, dance. is let's dance, right? Yeah. Um, never let me down. Absolutely for rumors. That's the stupidest cover maybe ever. <laughs> I don't know. The whole Renaissance fair vibe. Oh, and yeah. Mick Fleetwood's dangling balls for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it's awful. It's what? just, yeah, look it up. You never noticed it before. Go look again. Yeah, pull He's up. got these two dangling yeah. balls. Oh, okay. Yeah. I it's think it's just okay. stupid. So never it's let awful. me down. So yes. let's contrast that with, with I think, you, you're saying a pretty strong contrast here, oh, right? I mean, it's definitely low Yeah, uh, for this album cover. It, um, well, going back, this is not related to visual aesthetic, but what actually made me discover the album was a Stephen King book. Oh, One okay. of the Dark Tower novels, um, like heavily references Someone Saved My Life Tonight. Uh, okay. To the point where, like, I had to like look it up and listen to it, and then right. it became kind of a soundtrack to the whole book. Uh, but anyway, aside from that, this album cover is by a guy named Alan Aldridge, who I, I don't know. I mean, his his style and this one is is definitely reminiscent of Hieronymus Bosch and the Garden of Earthly Delights. Like the whole cover is full of like it's a take on that weird Please. stuff, mm-hmm. and like Bernie Taupin is in a like a in a ball, like a glass ball. And you know Elton John, all kinds of crazy, awesome. not, not Mick Fleetwood's balls, not Mick Fleetwood's balls. Okay, that's cool. uh, but this same guy did um, the cover of uh, "A Quick One While He's Away" by The Who, which is a totally different style. It's more like kind Yellow like Submarine pop art, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Uh, but like this comes with all these inserts, and like I'm looking at the lyric sheet right now, and the cover is like this weird vulture man. Now, now like I gotta say, goose man. I gotta say, Tim comes in with this album, and I, I and I look at it, and this is the first time I've actually had my physical hands on the artwork here because you know, uh, and it looks like you got this at okay, you got this at a vinyl store. The the, yeah. the price tag still on it, yeah. four dollars and twenty cents. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if I found this album for four dollars oh, and on, twenty cents, on. a vinyl store. Uh, sorry, a record store. Oh, no. <laughs> 
uh, vinyl uh, is not thank you. to okay. be used <laughs> to describe a record. Okay, thank you. In in that sense, if, you if don't I collect at, vinyls; you collect records. Thank you. <laughs> if I were to if I were to find this that was for you for four twenty for four twenty, dude, I would I would eat this up, and, and I would say if you open this, it's not a gatefold, but if you open no. this mm-hmm. and you see that full artwork. And if I find this with all the inserts oh, yeah. in there, all the inserts is incredible. It's like this is, dude, Gold this is epic. Four twenty, and that's for just four. a funny number. That's <laughs> pretty good. It looks like it's worth four twenty. I don't get it. Um, okay, but if you but if you look at this and, and open this, like this feels like there is there is a story here. Yeah. There, this is. This is important. The other, um, this is heartfelt. This oh, yeah. is like, this is somebody's project. This is somebody's art. Like, even just the lyric book has all these old pictures of Bernie and Elton and like old, like buildings they used to live in and stuff like that. But then there's a whole separate book that's just a literal scrapbook of like, with like comics, articles, like, yeah, and like pictures. And there's this whole like two, three page, yeah, Elton John comic in the back, which is funny. Oh, I, I feel like I should pick it up and, re- and look at it. But uh, like the last frame is like him being interviewed by someone like, oh, you think you're going to settle down with a nice girl? And he's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll find her someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at, at this point, Elton John's totally in the closet. This is yeah. like before. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the industry. Well, is was like, he wearing the Donald Duck suit yet, though? Uh, I don't know. When was that? I don't know, but he's a superstar. He's oh, like yeah. an icon. Yeah. He's yeah. like a he Big is deal. the life of. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the scene and and so he's 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 come he's like he is captain fantastic yeah and and this is like the story of his journey which you know say what you will about you know 70s uh, production it maybe and and for me like i don't know that elton john's um catalog is my cup of tea necessarily Mm -hmm. like i'm not like super i'm a casual elton john fan right i only know the hits and this album Uh, but that's the thing though is that Mm -hmm. there's something like respectable about this there's something like okay yeah, mm-hmm. I can I can see the I can see the weight here. I can see yeah. the importance of this. Did you see the movie uh, Rocket? Man? I haven't. I need it's, to now. It's like half literal musical and half biopic, but like just the biography element. It's basically what this yeah. album sort of retells is the whole story of him, you know, playing in a pub band and then like meeting Bernie Taupin and like mm-hmm. everything they went through to get to the point of actual like success and fame. But that's and then the like working through the industry and yeah. then being like mm-hmm. their. Um, you know, whatever songwriters writing songs for mm-hmm. other people, right. and then finally getting the chance yeah. to be themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think, then, Glenn? Is this a suitable replacement for rumors? I, 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 I appreciate it. Now we're not done talking about it. Well, yet, no, we? but still, we are. We're we're running a little I'm, long I'm, already. Well, what my well, point that's because this is an episode of uh, whatever David Bowie thing. All of a sudden, got inserted in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. Right, can we close out this episode then? Yes. of Sound of Vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it, great, sure, great episode of Sound of Vision. By the way, it is yeah. excellent. Yeah, and I, I, I love the packaging. Getting to see no, that. We're, and no, I, we're done with Sound of Vision. Okay. Move on. Uh, I'm saying. I, I'm saying that. I, the the only problems I have with this album um, are oh, that it doesn't have the hooks. It, right. it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. have those and I radio have hits. Too, yeah. But I, I love the depth of this, yeah. and I love mm-hmm. the story, and I love you know when you talk if for people that are into rumors because um, oh it's there's tension and there's drama. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you think rumors is tension and drama and heartfelt, you know, whatever, check out this album. Yeah, I, I think the I think the struggle comes yeah. through a little bit more genuinely in this record. My take on it is, and I'm not a big Elton John fan. Um, you know, and I know you are a pretty big fan of this record. I, I seem to remember yeah. you recommending it to me, like mm-hmm. almost right when we started hanging out about eight years ago. You're like, "Oh, you got to listen to this record; it's yeah. great." And I was like, "Elton John." Um, <laughs> you know, I think this record doesn't play to his strengths, maybe necessarily in the way that I expect. Like, I sure. like those songs with the big soaring choruses. Yeah. You know, for Elton John, uh, he he had two entries on a century of song. Um, Tiny Dancer, you know, which is, you know, pretty oh, basic yeah. level, but still, mm-hmm. and that's got a great chorus. And, and Yellow Brick Road. Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. I, I love mm-hmm. that chorus. You know, there's a whole, you know, it's such a great chorus that it doesn't even require any words. It's just like this soaring mm-hmm. melody that oh, is yeah. so, so gorgeous, it's right? Great. And to me, there's just not a whole lot of that memorable chorus. There's, not. There, there's a couple, like Tower of Tower of Babel kind of got mm-hmm. there a little bit for me. Someone Saved My Life Tonight has a good chorus and it's got some nice little Beach Boysy sort of harmonies mm-hmm. in the background. Well, but other than that, I didn't I didn't feel like this record was as memorable as I wanted it to be. Um, okay. See, I disagree with you there. I think it I think it's well. I think it's memorable in that it, it's it's significant. It's a slow burn. It, it but is. it's a slow burn. For yeah. me, like if I were a big Elton John fan, I would mm-hmm. really, really love this record because it's something different that also is very much it's important in the chronology of his career. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if I was really interested in Elton John, you know, the errors of his career mm-hmm. and, and travails and all of that kind of stuff, then I think I would be like, Oh yeah, this is totally, totally a really great uh, album. Mean, but as somebody who just maybe. like likes some of those great radio songs uh-huh. It doesn't have that like vested interest in, in the arc of his career in the way that I do with a lot of other groups. It doesn't maybe grab me in the way that I would think that somebody who loves no. Rumors would be well, like, oh, I got to listen to this over <laughs> and over and over. True, true, true. But it's, I think it's better than Rumors. I, I, I totally listen to, to this album point, instead of Rumors. To the point about like someone who might be into Rumors actually being into this album, and maybe they wouldn't be because uh, I was going to say, I feel like someone who is is really into those Elton John like radio singles wouldn't like this album because it's so different. Um, but I was going to say, I was going to make a comparison. I was going to call this record the Snyder Cut of Elton John albums, <laughs> which is another thing you probably don't get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm with you. Okay. Nerd, nerd, nerd cred <laughs> nerd is going up. Out here. over there so, in your corner mm-hmm. there. Uh... It, um, it's because it's, it is a, all the songs are a slow build. It takes them a mm-hmm. while to get to the action. Yeah. And commercial success wasn't really the goal of the record. Right. Similar to the Snyder Cut, I assume. And yet, it was this huge hit. Um, yeah, but like you said, I think I think a lot of what came before contributed yeah, to yeah, the yeah. sales. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the fact that he had that sort of leverage as an artist at that point allowed him to make this record, which is oh, really, yeah, co- totally. really cool. Um, I want you to play Better Off Dead. All right. And... This is an example of, yeah, it doesn't necessarily sound like an Elton John song, but just like the production of this one, I I love. I love the sound of that piano there at the start. It's weird. It doesn't sound like the piano in the rest of the song. It's just this like one sort of section where it's very rhythmic and has like a kind of a reverby sound. And then it's sort of this, I think it's catchy, but the real, like the real winning part is the triangle solo in the middle. Oh, the triangle solo. <laughs> All right. and, and like Maybe the, I need to skip ahead to that. Uh, uh, sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's. I think it's like literally halfway through the song. This might 
Now I'm starting to understand a little bit of where Tim is well, getting. And, oh, see, oh, and the drum sound on this song. Yeah, the drum is very oh, it's like loud. it's different. It it's, like yeah, almost it's... drowns out the vocal. Let, let's let it. Let's listen to it yeah. here for just a second. Triangle's coming up. <laughs> and I think this sort of goes along, Matt, with what you're saying about like, these aren't like the typical soaring Elton John sort of choruses. Like this is like the centerpiece of the song is a triangle solo. Yeah, yeah some, no, this like, is cool. I, I can dig this one. Oz. Yeah, no, I, I'm <laughs> glad that you pointed this one out because I, I kind of like this. Um, you know, it's weird. The song right before that for me, I really didn't like very much that Gotta Get a Meal Ticket. Oh, yeah. There's which, two which weak spots I think, in the album. You know, com- coming right after Someone Saved My Life tonight, I was oh, like, yeah. all right, here's where I'm really starting Especially. to kind of get pulled in a little bit more. And, but, oh, now he drops his dud. But that then, is um, track one of side two. So at least you'd be like flipping it over and like yeah. restarting a little bit there. Okay. But um, but yeah, the two weak spots I think are um, let the whistle blow or whatever. Uh, tell yeah, me, tell when, me the when the whistle blows, blows and gotta get a meal ticket. Um, yeah. Everything else I think is pretty Which solid. Sort of bookend the the big you know single. Yeah. But again, those are also critical pieces to telling the story sure. and like well, and I think you you're you're able to. Is. I don't know about the whistleblower. Yeah. Like, I looked at the lyrics. I can't really, I don't really know what that song's about. Well, that's yeah. the other thing. Is, <laughs> that's the other thing about this is that you can get out a knife and fork and, and yeah. analyze these. True. And, oh, and, and Bernie like, Tobin's lyrics are just Exactly. Like, Bernie Tobin, like, like the, just the songwriting is so mm-hmm. good and dense. You're not, nobody's going to, nobody's going to go and like digest the meaning behind. Uh, <laughs> you can go your own way. You can go your own way. Like, it's like, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. Well, but, hey, hey, we are running a little right. long mm-hmm. right now. Um, I think just sort of a, a, a final evaluation here. Obviously, Tim is re- you know recommending that this replace rumors. Glenn, do you agree? <laughs> um, sure, for different reasons. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm far mm-hmm. more likely to, to pick this record out and listen to it than I am rumors. Uh, I think this is a good record. And I think, you know, again, you talked about mm-hmm. it being this sort of slow grower mm-hmm. album. Even just in hearing that little that little snippet there um, yeah. of that song, I was like, hey, you know, better off dead. All right. I'm now adding that into toward, the list of songs towards I like. I gravitate like toward now. albums and songs that are a little bit off from you, you what do. an artist is known for. So you do that. That's why and, and, which, I like which this is, one so you know, much. Some, it's a good skill to have yeah. well, uh, for strange like, currencies, for sure. Oh, sure. Totally. Well, hey, um, that's a that's a good choice. Let's uh, take another quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Glenn's... Ooh, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. We are back on the Strange Currencies podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Glenn. And our guest today? I'm Tim. All right, Tim, I appreciate your I, I appreciate your submission into this practice of re, replacing rumors. Yes. And uh, and so that has been our, you know, maybe another 70s album that maybe should get some get some play. Um, I'm going to I am going to propose 
uh, a replacement that I think scratches the same kind of itch in that it it's a well-produced album that has um, those hooks, those earworms that you want to, you know, that you want to get stuck in your head, um, but that I believe has a little bit more grit, a little bit more teeth, if you will. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, uh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm I suggest I want to talk about Wilco, and and I want to talk about Summer Teeth, and this album is is my pick because. I think it's it's maybe not gotten the uh, the acclaim that maybe it, it that rumors has, but that it should, and I think that it 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 does all of those things that that rumors does better, if you will. <laughs> uh, dare I say that? I don't. Know. It doesn't suck better than <laughs> rumors. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, and so now, okay. <clears throat> I, I'm not sure how much context our listening audience needs for this. Um, I'm I'm hoping those you know uh, what uh, 252 million <laughs> listeners is something that, like that yeah something like that rounded something. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure they're familiar with Wilco or, or or if they are familiar with Wilco to, to a degree. I don't think this is an album that requires context so much in the way that Tim's does. Like Tim's is a very right. context heavy right. album. Right. Yeah. And, and the only context I'm gonna I want to give is that I think often this album when people say Wilco they think of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Yes. And that's like their that's the album that that they point to as the critically acclaimed one. Um, and, and, and I think Summer Teeth often gets pegged as this transition album and that it's them kind of finding their way. And I think I would challenge that. And I, I, I'm, I want to challenge. And I think for me, for the bang for my buck, this is my favorite Wilco album. Mm. And I think Summer Teeth uh, needs to be in that upper canon, uh, in that upper echelon. Uh, I don't think that whole you know, uh, context of transition needs to be, needs to be there for Wilco. You know, a lot of times people talk about Wilco as, okay, here, here they are. They're, they're this alt country band, you know, uh, uh, uncle Tupelo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're finding their way They're You know, they're doing stuff. They're doing the, the mermaid Avenue with, with Billy Bragg and they're trying to escape. Uh, and that, that summer teeth is that album that kind of gets them exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, in the studio and sure. Okay, fine. It is maybe a transition into what Wilco would become. And, and, you know, people, people love, uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It's critically acclaimed, you know, sky blue sky, the other stuff that they're doing. But I think, I think that summer teeth needs to be that album because it has all of those hooks that rumors provides. It's got that summer feel. Yeah. It's got that. It's got that. It's got that AM seventies vibe, definitely. Yes, and it's it. got that. It's got that radio potentially radio hit vibe, um, but it has teeth. It has significance to it. Right. I, I like that idea of kind of like countering the notion of transitional record because I think it, it's not. I think it's fair to call it a transitional record if you don't look at the idea of a transitional record as being a negative thing. Okay. Like there are sure. transitional records that are. Just brilliant, like bringing it all back home by Bob Dylan. That's a transitional record, but it's fucking brilliant. Okay. Like every minute of it is great. 
So, you know, yeah, I, I would say if you talk about transitions as being awkward or half-hearted or, 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 you know, partially great or whatever, then I don't think that that's fair to call this. I, I think it's a great record. I would still probably prefer Foxtrot. God, those two songs in the middle of Yankee Don't Tell Foxtrot. Sure, um, okay, Jesus, fine. et cetera, and Ashes of America. Like, they're so good, but... But yeah, Summer Teeth is a great album. Well, and I think, album. I think the beauty of it is that it is that tension. Mm-hmm. It is that that, that that between. You know, we talk about we talk about the uh, the tension of 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 rumors of, of Fleetwood Mac and these you know turmoil and stuff. Um, it just feels it feels kind of silly and 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 you know maybe uh, summer drama. Right, like some are like, I oh, really, we're making There's a little something. bit of that on. I mean, my favorite okay. song on this album is is a little bit over the top, you know. Okay, but Via I, Chicago is clearly like trying to play for the whole shock factor. Dreamed about killing you again last sure, night. Sure, but to, it, to be your start off, you know, lyric, but but there. Okay, so the, but it's it's a murder ballad. It's a it that's and the it's whole a great song. that's the whole point of it though. And so so here's my argument. My argument is that. That that this one actually has uh, um, teeth to it and heart to it, and yes, it has that. Yes, it has that um, that hook, that summer vibe. Uh, but where where there's like you know kind of coked out false drama tension, this yeah. has a little bit more authentic heart. You well, know, it's he's got he, depth. I mean, it's Jeff Tweedy. Exactly. Um, it, I don't know much about Wilco. Like all the things you guys are saying to me, like I have no. The context is lost on me. So, so, okay, so just just for some of that, uh, you know, he, here's the thing that's interesting about Fleetwood Mac is you've got these, you've got three different songwriters, right? And they're all, yeah. you know, you got Christy McVie and, and Stevie Nicks and, um, and Lindsey Buckingham, and they're all kind of like contributing and there's pieces there. And, um, and, and with, with, that's kind of part of the story of Wilco, you know, originally when they were Uncle Tupelo, uh, you had Tweedy was con- contributing um, and then Jay Farrar was another piece of that. And when they broke, they essentially kind of broke off and became Wilco by kind of ousting Jay Farrar. And so <laughs> like, you know, so Farrar went on and kind of did his own solo thing. And so they're trying to kind of find their their identity. Sure. And, and Tweedy is starting to kind of, take that principal role and and as a band they're 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 putting together these songs they've got a couple albums out that are still kind of in the vein of uncle tupelo like that alt country vibe kind of um you know that that band um vibe but as as summer teeth comes out they they write it yes as a band but really um in the middle of the production of it they break to do this thing with billy bragg um, are you familiar right. with that? Mermaid uh, I Avenue remember hearing record? about it, but I never. So, to it. so that that Mermaid Avenue um, record with Billy Bragg it really leans into that roots, um, which is great. It's That's a fantastic great album. album. It is, and, and and for what it is, it, it it's great. And but uh, you get the sense that Jeff Tweedy comes away from that in the middle of producing Stummer Teeth, and is like, okay, I need to. I need to draw a line. I need to, you know, maybe if I say transition, I need to, I need to distinguish myself. And so, so he sits down with this collection of songs that, that the band has put together. And now he kind of makes his way into the studio. Uh, and, and really this is a pro tools album. Uh, this is like a computer album. I, I, I don't know that I go that far. There, there's real like authentic Mellotron and Chamberlain. Uh, well, so, so, but, so for me, like the story here of this record in a way is like, Tweedy had broken away from Uncle Tupelo because 
Uncle Tupelo was kind of seen as Jay Farrar's thing. Sure. And Tweedy becomes this sort of big attention grabber by the later period of Uncle Tupelo. Like, he's writing some of the best songs mm-hmm. on those those last couple of Uncle Tupelo records, I guess. There really weren't a whole lot of originals on... But anyway, sure. by the end, he had kind of become this, this you know... His own, in his, his own right. His own, ready you know, for his own thing. Great songwriter on his own. What I think the tension that starts to emerge in Summer Teeth is Jay Bennett. Right. Starts to now become like this sort of sonic architect of Wilco. Like, this is to me the Jay Bennett record. Absolutely. As much as it is the Jeff Tweedy album because he's the one just layering keyboard on top of keyboard. Mellotron and Chamberlain and Hammond and all of this this great sonic. Right. Great sonic palette over these really outstanding songs, and that's that, and that's the drama of that of the Fleetwood Mac of all of these con- contributions. In a sense, because by the time of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, it became untenable because now you know, Creedy's like, all right, this now, is the last. Now you are exercising too much creative influence over my project, and and essentially boots Jay, Jay Bennett, Bennett from the right. band. Yeah. So so this album is Jeff Tweedy and Jay Bennett. It with Pro Tools going over these songs, uh, or in the studio in producing. The studio, yes, it's in a the very studio like producing. studio album. It is I, a studio. I wouldn't call it Pro Tools so much. They, they sure. were kind of authentic. Okay. I don't know you what know. your hang-up is with, with Pro Tools. <laughs> because one, like I don't know that they were necessarily even recording this album on a computer. I like sure they're kind of traditionalists in the sense, at least at that time. I think it was probably an analog recording. And Pro Tools makes the argument that they weren't actually using like real Mellotrons. No, real, no, like, no, they were. They, so they were like, the, they, they're super yeah. tone so, freaks. But I know the that, point so. is, the point is, is that they were in the studio and this was production. This is like them adding layers and okay. overdubbing and and like, okay, so here here's our our thing. What if we what if we added these bells in? What if we added this uh, our harmonica here? And let's 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 put some twinkles here and some you know. And, and so so it was just this over layered. Uh, for many, it's like overproduced, maybe. But I think, like, that's the—I I don't know—that's the Brian Wilson in the studio thing that's kind of endearing to it, you know. All right, here, play this. Turn it up a little bit. Yeah. The song is so great. But like all of that Mellotron and all of the the even later is the strings and there's so much like depth and thickness. It's also Mellotron strings, right? Yeah. yeah. But 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 uh, tons of production sure. and tons of like you know you talk about like crispy and clean and like um, you know well produced tightly packaged great songs. I think this album does all of those things. Um, okay, so like I have to weigh in as someone who was listening to this completely out of context, uh, never heard it before, never really heard Wilco before. Which let's admit, which is what most people are doing with rumors. They right. don't really know the story behind it. They're just like, oh, I know yeah. that song. Yeah, exactly. So in that, you know, with that in mind, I do think that this has some really catchy songs on it. And that first song, I think, is a real good like hook to get you into the album. Yep. I think that's well, a really okay. Good, so, so that song. first that first song, we, we need to we need to play that. I already Can't played it. it. Yeah, yeah, I already played a bit okay. of that. And and a way better first song than Rumors because it's not going like. <laughs> <laughs> Never do my stuff. <laughs> so, so for some context, that that can't stand it song, mm-hmm. that fir- first track of the album. Yes, it hits you in the face. It comes out, and, and you know we talk about like calculated songs for the radio. Um, that kind of was, you know, like 
Wilco uh, got a lot of freedom of control from their record label. And so they go out and they, they're, they're, they're producing. They're like doing all of these things. And they've, they've got a little cachet at this point. Mm-hmm. And they're getting some of that freedom. And the record label's like, okay, now we need to have a radio hit. Have you guys heard these guys, you know? Wallflowers, right? One headlight, right? Like, uh, uh, that, you know, that's that's what kids want these days. We, let's give them that. All sure those rebellious kids I, listening I, to Wallflowers. Well, I, I remember, I, I don't know where I came about it in some of my deep dive research. I heard somebody say that, like, like can't stand it was supposed to be their one headlight. Interesting. Right? Because, like, like uh, you know, hearing that out of context and everything, I what I think is interesting about that song is that, that it has that sort of kind of like catchy, dumb radio song stuff. But, but the chorus and that initial like blum, 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 blum is more like indie. And, um, yeah. So, so it's, it's got the bones, those two. Yeah. It's got the bones of what, of what Tweety and Wilco are and are becoming. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, you know, they remixed it. So they sent it off and the record label sent it off and they remixed it to make it radio friend. They cut it up Mm -hmm. and they, you know, got rid of a bridge and, and moved things around, uh, to make it, "Quote unquote radio friendly," and it didn't. It didn't really do that great uh, for whatever reason, you know. Um, on the radio, it, anyways. But it has that feel. It has that hook. It has that vibe. Yeah, but like I just want to say overall. Hold, with this hold on, record, can, can we listen to? It's not enough. So so sweeping. Um, See that production stuff. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. Like 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 all of that thoughtful, mindful um, uh, uh, in the studio, uh, piecing this together. This isn't like this isn't a um, necessarily live band replicated stuff. But this is like thought out, orchestrated. Um, magic and those harmonies there are just sure. beautiful. I think they'll on first listen, like <clears throat> rumors still, you know, as annoying as those songs are, I think someone just out of the blue putting on rumors is going to be like, Oh, this is catchy more. I don't know. Maybe more so than this. Like it's catchy, but it's because it has more depth. Like it takes a little bit more investment uh, from the listener, I think, to really appreciate. I don't know. It's I, like, I totally agree. No, they're not I, like I, instant radio hits. Exactly. They're just catchy indie songs. Well, yeah. and I'm looking at the catchiest songs on here. I'm, I'm thinking like maybe I'm Always in Love, Nothing's Ever Gonna Stand in My Way Again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and mm, Every Little Thing. Like those are like mm-hmm. the really catchy, memorable yeah. choruses. But I also think that those are like maybe the least interesting songs on the record. Mm, like okay. I think the best parts of it are those more thoughtful Yeah. Yeah. Kind of more meticulous, you know. Melancholy. Again, she's a she's a jar, which arm. is amazing. Yeah. Um, shot in the arm, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, via Chicago, which is is great. Weirdly enough, for some reason on Spotify, the most listened to song by like far twenty three seconds of silence. No, ah, it's stop. How to Fight Loneliness, which is has fifteen almost sixteen million listens, and the next highest is a Shot in the Arm at like four and a half million, weird. which is weird. Like I, I think like How to Fight Loneliness is a good song, but. It's like one of those it, algorithm things. Yeah, it, it's weird that that... It's, yeah, yeah, strange. But anyway, no, this is a great record. In fact, of the four albums that we're talking about today, this is hands down my favorite album yeah. of the four. I think this is a fantastic record. And I get 
why somebody who might like rumors would like it as well too. It's got that very kind of softish 70s again AM vibe to it, but I think it it hits at a deeper level. It's got the summer that you're looking for, but it, it has does. the teeth. Yeah. It does. <laughs> but you know, again, I feel like and we get into the whole chicken versus egg argument. Like, do people love those Fleetwood Mac songs because they know them? Yeah. Or do they know them because they're, like, so super catchy? And, or is it both of those things sort of happening? Like, you know those songs before. As Tim mentioned, you, before you even know that they're Fleetwood Mac songs, you just sort of get yeah. indoctrinated by classic rock radio mm-hmm. to know five of or six of those songs on that album. And I think there's a question of, like, how literal we're even getting with this whole exercise as far as, like, you know, like, some mom and dad who literally love the Fleetwood Mac album aren't literally going to love this album. Right. Like, the same individuals aren't going to love it. But it, maybe it scratches, like, we, the phrase we keep using scratches the same itch um, in the type of person who might like Rumors, who didn't necessarily, who wasn't necessarily an adult when that album came out. Or was even alive when that album came uh, out. All yeah. I'm saying is for our beloved listeners out there who are like, I really like Fleetwood Mac. What's the <laughs> big deal? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. would say, well, mm-hmm. try this. I think this might have a little bit more lasting okay. I agree. Um, depth yeah. for you. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. if, if nothing else, kind of... if our if our listeners who have not heard Summer Teeth mm-hmm. would go out, pick yeah. up Wilco Summer Teeth and check it out, I think great you will not record. be disappointed. Yeah, no, it's a great record. And, and I agree. I, I think it is something that somebody who likes Fleetwood Mac should hear because if they they're going to find some of the things that they like in that music in yeah. this music. But I, I really, really do agree. If they really love annoying songs, then they're not going to like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you like Fleetwood Mac only because you like these stupid songs. Like, <laughs> bow, 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 you're just bow. an idiot with bad taste. Yeah, oh, maybe yeah. Then, like then maybe avoid this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we got one more album we, for we you. We got one more. Yeah, let's take another quick break and we'll be right back to discuss uh, our third and final Replacing Rumors pick. We are back on the Strange Currencies Music Podcast, and we are replacing rumors. And we have we have uh, suggested Elton John's Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. I have put forth Wilco's Summer Teeth. Hopefully, all of our listeners are are adding those furiously to their listening queue. You don't have to be furious about. Well, that. you know, but uh, <laughs> but it. we have one more. We have one more, Matt. Um, why don't you? Offer us another suggestion. What are we going to replace Fleetwood Max rumors with in our uh, canon? Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I just mentioned in a, before the break that I think uh, of the four albums, Summer Teeth is probably my favorite, and that was one on my short list of ones that I really kind of felt like, yeah, this this could could fit in with that uh, that vibe of people who like that. But one thing I was really hesitant to do, I didn't want to take an album that had a significant input from female musicians and replace it with one that didn't okay. have a significant mm-hmm. input from female musicians. So that, that kind of went into 
a bit of my thinking in terms of what the record was that yeah. I chose. Maybe a lot of people like Fleetwood Mac because of because of Stevie well, Nicks. Because well, I think of... that idea of the the sort of the male female harmony thing mm-hmm. helps yeah. that record. I, it's one of the things that I think maybe makes it a little bit more compelling. So mm-hmm. I went with an album that also is very very heavy on that, and I chose Twin Cinema by the New Pornographers as my choice. So. It's interesting that you during the break did mention that some of the songs or I guess all the songs sung by um, Nico Case are written by AC Newman right? Correct yes so uh, so uh, for those of you who don't know much about the new pornographers kind of like uh, what you call an indie super group mm-hmm. uh, in a way um, their leader is AC Newman who was in Zimpano or something like that um, they weren't really much of a big deal, I don't think. Yeah, New Pornographers was like a side project, right? Yeah, well, yeah. kind of. Like, it started off as his main gig, but he was able to to recruit Nico Case, who, of course, is now very, very well known for her solo work. And then um, we were arguing before, the, during the break, Dan... Behar or Behar? Behar. 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 We're going to go with Behar. Behar. Um, Dan, if we're pronouncing your name wrong, and I know you're listening. (laughs) uh, Sorry uh, for pronouncing your name wrong, but yeah, I've always kind of seen it as Behar. Um, uh, Of Destroyer, which is also a great, great group uh, as well, too. Kind of largely sort of his solo vehicle. And so New Pornographers sort of brings those three voices together. AC Newman does the the lion's share of the songwriting. Um, Bihar does uh, a few songs on this record, and, and typically a few on each of the New Pornographers albums. And uh, I felt like this this record to me spoke to the thing that I think is the most central for those people who love rumors, and that was you can sing along to it. Mm, you can have okay. these super super catchy choruses that if you've heard that so- those songs two or three times. You yeah. get those choruses, yeah, and now all of a sudden, you're like, all right, I know this well enough to where I can sing along with this chorus because it's super catchy. It's an earworm. Sing I think this Spanish record is now. Sing mm-hmm. me Spanish techno. Absolutely one. use yeah. it. Um, yeah, there are just so many, you know, totally hooky earworm choruses on this album. Uh, but there's also that depth as well too that I think uh, you know um, Glenn was referring to with, with Summer Teeth. You know, um, I think the, the you know probably the pinnacle of this record is the Bleeding Heart Show. Uh, These are the fables. It's a really great song as well, too. So there are some some songs on there that are a little bit more, there's a little more depth to them. They're not just these great hooks and melodies, but that there's also some just really strong songwriting. I I would like, I'd like to commend you on your pick here because even even listening to these uh, and putting them track for track, if you look at if you look at track one on Rumors, it's, it's, it's Buckingham. Yeah, right, right. Um, okay, whatever. Uh, but, but track one of Twin Cinemas hits you in the face. Like it, it's, it, it's got, it's got a, I, between the, your two picks, I think the Wilco track one is better. The, the Twin Cinemas track one is, is fine. It's, it is catchy, but it, it feels like it's trying too hard to mm. me. Like it actually maybe the whole turned thing me smacks of effort. Yeah, <laughs> it may have turned me off a little bit at okay. the beginning of the album. It took me until track five to really get into it. But now I'm learning that this is a super group. This is another album I went into with no context at mm-hmm. all. 
And, you know, track five was written by a whole different guy, Dan totally Behar. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie Dressed in Cobras grabbed me. That's like great. That was the point where I got into the album. Well, but you're wrong first... because the first four songs are okay. fantastic. <laughs> well, so. well, he, he does listening. have a really, really idiosyncratic style, though. Like, he, yes. his songs jump out as something yeah. very different. So it's almost kind of like a reset every time one of songs. in the album. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and well, going take back away. on a re-listen, I, did, I do appreciate the first, you know, few songs. But I still think that first track is a little bit like, hey, everybody, look at me, you know. Whatever. Well, take away, Tim's going to go and listen to more Destroyer now. Cause oh, yes, I am. Because apparently but, I like but, this. But song. my point I was going to make is is we don't hear Stevie Nicks on Rumors until track two. And we hear mm-hmm. on track two yeah. of Twin Cinema, uh, we hear... Nico Case come in on the second song. Yeah, and I, I think, I've, and I think if you're really listening, you probably hear her on the first song. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, she, she plays out a feature right. Yeah, right off the bat. Yeah, she with Bones of an Idol. And the Bones of an Idol. Uh, you also have your Renaissance Fair cauldron imagery here. <laughs> from the, <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, yeah. Done much better. Much better. <laughs> you know, so if you, if you want to be at a Renaissance pleasure fair <laughs> with a with you know a cauldron and yeah. um, I, I will say artwork wise, Twin Cinema tops out at a Let's Dance, but no, no, th- sure, this is yeah. a record that uh, that is is bringing a ton of hooks. Um, well, no, 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 play play the beginning of Bones of an Idol yeah. there. I'll do it. I'll do it. See, it gave me uh, Joanna Newsom vibes. That's my mm-hmm. context for like Renaissance sure. type stuff. Oh, totally. Which, yeah, yeah. I love Joanna Newsom. Will it by a torch as we kneel in the court of the king? In the court of the king. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> so but, and it's got the it's got the, the fantasy. Yeah. It's got that 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 you know epic kind of mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know mm-hmm. mythology and and, mm-hmm. and there's some of that fantastic well, um, nature of it. And like I I don't I listen to this record maybe three times total and like I don't. I never pick up on lyrics first, so I don't really can't really speak to the actual depth of like the the subject matter of the songs. But I definitely got a, more of a um, like a fantasy or a prog kind of feel from these mm-hmm. songs like here and there. Yeah, less yeah. less sincerity than Wilco. And so, like as mm-hmm. far as comparing either of those two uh, rumors, I feel like this is more along the lines of rumors in in its what I perceived as less depth. Um, but then I don't know if I listened to it more, if I knew more about the songwriters, maybe I, I would change my tune. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have that sincerity. I think sincerity is an important word when you're talking mm-hmm. about summer teeth. I mean, yeah. Glenn had mentioned that uh, you know Jeff Tweedy was knee deep in Woody Guthrie songs at that point. So yeah, I think there's a lot of like somewhat, super super sincere yeah, kind of potentially like, autobiographical. How, how do I create something that's a right. little more maybe timeless mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. more universal? And here um, we're talking about a woman dressed in snakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so th- there is a lot of really kind of like, uh, but but the imagery though, uh, the literary imagery in here, that's the other thing. Like okay. like um, we you talk about songwriting, and sometimes like those songs come out, and it's like it's a little on the nose. It's like sure. you know, <laughs> it's just right there in front of you. Whereas some of these, and, and that's that's what I like about Tweedy's writing and, and, and AC Newman's writing here, B Hearts, is that there 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 are these um, subtle imagery here that you can kind of come in and take away. You can insert yourself into these songs and take away kind of what what have you. And there's there's a little bit of subtlety there. There's not much subtlety in rumors. No, there's not at all, right. really. Like I, I would say, there's almost like a surrealist sort of nature. I mm-hmm. think to some of, and, and even some of Summer Teeth as well too. There's kind of this surrealist mm-hmm. vibe to it, but very much in Twin Cinema. And yeah, if we're talking about depth and like, you know, what do the songs mean? I don't know that there's a ton to get 
per se out of Twin Cinema, but I still sing it. You know, yeah, like if, and if and I put this record on in the car, poppy, you know, they're I'm poppy still, songs yeah, that get you going, still and bopping like, along to you know to it. I feel yeah, like those tastes. first five tracks are just like okay, I fantastic. And, you know, sing me Spanish. Techno, I feel like it takes uh, less mental energy to listen to this album than the Wilco album. Like, okay, so yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's more immediate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in that sense, maybe more Rumors-esque. Okay. But I think, I don't know, I think maybe I like the Wilco one better. I don't know, I'm I not agree. really rating these against each other Correct. necessarily. Yeah. No. Like I said, I, We're I just already... offering different I already right. defer, yeah, Glenn's, to Glenn's pick those, is the best of the four albums. Um, but, but I did like this album a lot. Yeah. And I, I also like the idea that, you, you know, you talk about Rumors kind of being, uh, you've got a couple of Buckingham songs, a couple of Nick songs, a couple of... Uh, McVie songs mm-hmm. um, and, and they're they're kind of they're s- yeah. they're spread out a little bit and maybe they're I don't know disjointed or whatever snaky there's not a cohesion you know whereas you've got you've got Elton and and Bernie they've got oh, yeah. this seamless you know it's it's a storyline you know maybe this one has are, are more like hit it's more singles of a, of a quilt a patchwork sure like um, a, yeah. but you've got you've got AC Newman you've got you've got Six different lead vo- or voices that are all kind of coming out in different ways in here. I mean, you've got, gosh, there's like 14 people in this band. <laughs> yeah, I, it is a lot. It's group. like, I, I know on this record, you could field I, your own baseball team, the <laughs> new pornographers. I might need to make yeah. a lineup. Yeah. But no, it, it does have a bit of variety to it. And, uh, you know, one of the things about at least the best new pornographers records is that those. Uh, Dan Behar songs are, are really well placed in the sense that they yeah. do kind of always show mm-hmm. up at the right time. Like yeah. just in case you feel like you've been no pun intended. If you've been hearing too much of the one voice or the one songwriter's voice, then Jeez. here comes this kind of weird <laughs> oddball out there, um, kind of quirkier thing, which, which and it totally really ties it all well. together. It like, yeah. it, it gets that, it keeps that locomotive running and it, it almost gives it, it kind of like a variety show vibe in yeah. a sense, which yep. also ties in with, I think that opening track, that whole idea of even titling it twin cinema it sort of gives it that mm-hmm. nature of, Hey, here's sort of the theme of the album, which might, you know, speak to yeah, uh, yeah, Tim's yeah. try hard interesting. Yeah. saying so. that it is almost like this introductory, almost like the Sergeant Pepper opening song. Like, <laughs> Hey, here we're, we're giving you the theme of our show. It's, yeah. you know, these two screens that are, are, you know, kind of these different uh-huh. voices in, in a sense. Maybe. Sure. Sure. That's um, interesting. Um, I just, well, I was going to say that after uh, Jackie dressed in Cobras, there's the, that song, the Jessica numbers, which, is similarly it similarly grabbed me because it starts off with this weird like disjointed sort of mm-hmm. drum beat yeah, thing. Da, 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 oh, you got let's play it. Play it. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, here we go. And so I had to look up who was behind this one. This and it is, is actually AC an AC Newman, Newman one. Yeah, but also it's another co-writing credit is John Collins, who I didn't know who he was. I clicked through. He is a member of Destroyer. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's another, yeah. So maybe there's a little influence there from Behar. So. Oh, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, you know, this is one of those songs that, like, on the surface level, before I really, like, started to know whose voice was whose and everything, like, this is the first new Pornographers album I really got into. I had the, the previous two before that. But, yeah, I, I kind of just, for whatever reason, thought because of that disjointed nature of the song that it was a Behar song, but it's, it's not. Yeah, it's uh, surprising, but maybe a little bit of that is still in there. So yeah. the influence is there. I will say the drums on this album are fantastic. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I love uh, the production. Is it Kurt Dahl? Is it Dahl Dale? I think, I think that's his name. Yeah, he, yeah. he was. Uh, it was. 
Uh, he's no longer in the band, but uh, yeah, he, he's a great drummer. Uh, I mean, just some of those fills like, on, on there are just really, really solid. And, I, I was, yeah, yeah there. It's like, oh, nuts! Like, There's like kind of a, I, I would love to see them live. Like, I think, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, kind of a stadium rock feel they're good to this live. whole record. It's very yeah, big sound. Well, there's a very like power poppy yeah. kind of vibe mm-hmm. to the whole thing. Yeah, super super solid, tight, um, and and catchy as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, um, hey. So nice yeah, to know so all of it. our all of our listeners are furiously running out again. Furious. Furiously, yes. They're so angry. Why they're, listeners? Why are you so angry? <laughs> they're they're going to pick up Twin Cinema. Give it a yeah, spin. Yeah. Uh, new new pornographers. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a great one. I I would like to to thank you for for forcing me to go back and give a a deep listen to this album because I, I, I can thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and Good. and it's no secret that I I have a thing for Nico Case. I mean her <laughs> vocals. Let I mean let's just say uh, Nico Case, Stevie Nicks. I mean Nico Case. Yeah, yeah I, 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 it's like, not even close. I I think there's something about there's something about. Uh, that's part of the the turning me off of Fleetwood Mac is that Stevie Nicks kind of has this over the top ness to the to the I just vocal. Don't like the whole like I'm you know I'm kind of dancing with a shawl. <laughs> yeah. and I'm so mystic and yeah. Oh, N- Nico oh, Case man. is such a great singer and, and she's also a great songwriter. She doesn't really write for new pornographers, but on her own, she, yeah, she's a her, great uh, songwriter. This this is barely related to anything, and it's out of nowhere. And I it's meant to right. mention a lot earlier. We're almost an hour and a half into this yeah, podcast. Oh, well, we got to go at least another hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. You did say did say it was going to be a long one. Says um, the guy who complained that our <laughs> podcast was too long is he's That's gonna right. be the reason why we push past an hour and a half i hope you cut this down time. to 42 minutes we're um, not going to so what i was gonna say uh this is going back to stevie nicks um one of the songs that i i kind of i'm okay with on rumors is gold dust woman mm. but only because the first version of that i ever heard uh was the cover by hole all right and i love that version <laughs> okay because because courtney love makes everything better yeah, well, you know, she's a little problematic here and there, and I think they started to suck, at, you know, uh, whenever that uh, Malibu yeah. album came out. Like, that was yeah. not good. And they Slowly got rid of the, skin, the really maybe. good drummer, Patty Schemmel. Mm-hmm. I think she was out at that point, but she also had, like, addiction problems, so maybe she couldn't function. I don't know. Um, but the whole c- cover of Gold Dust Woman is just such a When you're too dysfunctional for Courtney Love's band, you know you've got <laughs> well, some. I mean, I saw there's actually a really good documentary time. about uh, Patty Schemmel called Hit So Hard, and I, I just don't remember the full story arc uh, mm-hmm. of what happened there. But, um, but that particular song, um, the whole cover of Gold Dust Woman, it just really showcases Courtney Love's ability to add a diphthong to words that don't have diphthongs. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I think the one in the first couple seconds of that is uh, the word challenge. She says, one less challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way That's she good. does that. That's good. good so anyway, that cover could also erase the entirety of the album of Rumors, just Fair the enough. whole cover of Just, Dust just replace that, just get rid of Rumors and put in... Holes, Courtney Love, this woman, and you'll be good. <laughs> yes. All right. Although well, Tim, Tim is a big fan of the opener, apparently. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So just that one. My stuff. Just the yeehaw like the song and the that. whole uh, gold dust. Yes. Yeah. I agree. All right. Hey, uh, we're gonna take one final break, and we'll be right back to wrap it all up on Strange Currencies podcast.
the Strange Currencies podcast. Uh, hey, so we have offered our listeners up three suggestions for how you could replace rumors. Uh, I, li- I like this format. I like this idea. Yeah, it's kind of cool. We taking canon do... albums that we don't necessarily love and say, what hey, other really this? crappy albums are out there? <laughs> That's not necessarily there's a lot of crappy. Slow down. <laughs> well, I, I think there's some out there that oh, we yeah. might need to. Hey, we might need to pull Kiss our audience. Make some suggestions. What are some albums that everybody seems to love that, sh- that, that they shouldn't love? That they shouldn't love. That maybe there's other. Uh, I mean, I think there's some Pet critical. sounds. Wait, no. Hey, oh, easy. hey. easy there. I'm kidding. I, I know you're kidding. kidding at least, but you don't mm. even joke about some things. <laughs> Tim, right, so jokes are supposed to, supposed to be funny. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. We might have to throw some. Uh, we're, we'll, we might have to throw some others. I like. Yeah, the slaughter some sacred cows. Yeah, what are those sacred? Yeah. Um, Give us some suggestions, um, you know, that are not as ridiculous as what Tim just said. <laughs> but we have um, we have some other stuff in store on the Strange Currencies podcast. We uh, we just did a little a record store crawl in, in yeah. anticipation yeah. for uh, Record Store Day, which is coming up. I know a lot of people out there like like their vinyls. Like like getting yeah. out. That was for you, Jack. Um, <laughs> they want to get their vinyls, and so um, we might need to. Uh, talk about that a little bit. I, I know I'm excited now. I need to go find this um, Captain Fantastic album. I need to s- see if I can find a copy with, with all the inserts. All stuff. the inserts. Yeah. That's that's gonna be exciting. It's on my list to go do some crate digging. So I think our next our next um, uh, installment of the podcast will will uh, discuss the 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 art of the record store. Yeah, um, yep. or, you know, maybe the collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Tim. It was a, yeah. it was a breath of fresh air oh. to have to have you here. <laughs> thanks uh, for having me. It was, it was nice to be on again. And even though I'm breathing fresh air through a facial covering, uh, that's good uh, of you. Yeah, yeah we're so. we're um, we're kicking right along here mm-hmm. on the Strange Currency Podcast. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Glenn. I'm Matt. Heyo.